Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in on this lovely Tuesday, October 13th. I want to start today's podcast with a question. How frustrating is it to spend hours and hours working on a paper that you're actually really proud of only for it to be read by like one TA or prof at 2 a.m. in the morning? You know, you try to share it with your friends and family, but let's be real, they never get past the title. And eventually you delete it because your computer's harassing you about your hard drive being full. You can't really figure out what other means, and you'd just rather keep all those screenshots of your dog instead of your precious paper. Well, all hope is not lost because students interested in Latin America have the chance to publish their essays in Cossack Skuna, an academic journal affiliated with the Latin American Studies program. On October 4th, I sat down with Chloe Bray and Anna Rodriguez to learn more about this journal and how students can get involved. My name is Cassandra, and you're listening to El Cafecito. Thank you for tuning in today on October 4th. I'm here in the LAS office with Chloe Bray, a fourth-year international relations student, and Anna Rodriguez, a third-year sociology student. Uh, so Chloe is actually the editor in, co-editor-in-chief of Cossacks Kuna, the LAS journal, and we've got Anna, who is an associate editor. And um, they're joining us here today to give us a, a little uh, talk about what this journal is all about. Okay, so how about to start us off, um, Chloe, could you explain a little bit what Kazakh Skuna means? Yes, <laughs> so Kazakh Skuna is a Quechua word, um, roughly translated into English. It means living beings, or in Spanish, seres vivientes, probably a better translation in Spanish than you can get in English, uh, but it's meant to encompass kind of all of the life that's in Latin America and the vibrancy. Um, and I think sometimes that's a concept that can't really be expressed in a single word in English. So the Quechua word, Kasex Kuna, really serves um, to represent that. And what was the idea behind using a Quechua word as opposed to a Spanish word or an English word? So um, Quechua is the language of the indigenous people who live in the Andes in Latin America. And they form a really big part of um, the Latin American population and hold really great significance to Latin America in its history, its culture, um, even the Spanish language borrows a lot of words from Quechua. So uh, for us it is really just a reflection of the significance of the indigenous population in Latin America and um, sort of embodies that representation in okay. one word. <laughs> yeah. And what was the idea behind the journal? Like, why have a Latin American studies journal? So the idea behind the journal is that it's a forum for students to publish their work um, relating to Latin America or the Latin American diaspora. Um, and it's an interdisciplinary journal, so while it is run out of the Latin American studies department, we do accept um, pieces from students across all departments at U of T and even at different universities or students who have written just on their own time and not for university. Right, so it's a very multidisciplinary 
journal. Yeah, it for covers sure. an array of, of uh, categories and themes. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of give us uh, an idea of what are the categories or themes that have been covered in this issue? Sure. Uh, Anna wrote, or Anna edited a really interesting paper. Uh, yeah, I edited a paper about anti-Haitian prejudice and racism in the Dominican Republic. Um, I don't think it's a topic or theme that's talked about too much. I wasn't too aware of the situation. Um, so the author himself, he's from the Dominican Republic, and he went down to the Dominican Republic and saw this happening and wrote about it. And it, he didn't write it for like a university course or anything. Um, but it's really interesting because it goes back, his article explains the root of the tensions between the two and the rivalry, and he explains it how it's happening now and the, how it's affecting migrant workers into the Dominican Republic. So it's a really interesting topic. And if you want to read about it, read the journal. <laughs> and uh, do you mind sharing the author's name? Yeah, it's Joan Mella. Okay. And he studies? International relations. Okay, yes. cool. I'm like 99% sure he studies yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually know him. He's, um, I know him, but I don't know what he studies. <laughs> he studies but, international um, relations. He does? Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, he's on the executive uh, of Amnesty International oh. with me as well. Okay, so I could talk about some of the other themes that were covered in the journal. Um, we had one article which was about ecotourism in Costa Rica, um, which I thought was really interesting because it's more about Central America than South America, and often the journal can be um, heavier on topics relating to South America, so that was really great. Um, we have one which is a really in-depth case study of um, indigenous consultations in um, a hydrocarbon extract extraction project in Peru. Okay. Um, we have one about um, the awakening of indigenous nations, and I believe that one is specifically in Bolivia. Um, do you know Sarah's article? Yes, Sarah's article. It might be Peru, but it could also be. Have to read the journal to find yeah. out. <laughs> um, and then the anti Haitian prejudice that Anna talked about. And finally, we have one um, which is about social structure, class conflicts, and the downfall of Sendero Luminoso. So yeah, so so it's a really small journal. Yeah, it's a small journal. There's five articles in it in this issue. Last year there were a couple more, um, but we generally like to keep it under seven, usually about five to seven articles, uh, definitely under ten, because we want to maintain the reader's interest um, as they read the journal. We don't want it to get too long. And um, the articles themselves are pretty long. Some of them can be around 20 pages, so... Uh, yeah, so yeah. keeping it to five articles makes sure that um, each article like gets the interest that it deserves when people are reading the journal. Right. And is this a journal that is published? Like, where do you publish this journal? So we publish it online. Um, that's the best way to read it. Uh, but we are also going to be publishing a select number of um, physical copies to distribute to our authors and our editors, anyone who had a hand in producing the journal. But yeah, online is the major place where we publish. Okay. And could you walk me through what the publication process looks like? So how do you select these articles? Is there a theme or how does that whole process work and how long does it take roughly? So, so uh, we don't have a specific theme. We kind of just go with the articles that we get. Um, we start uh, we start work on the journal in the fall when we um, hire all of our editors and design editors as well. And 
then up around January or February, we put out the call for submissions and we accept submissions on a rolling basis until about the end of March or beginning of April. And then at that point, we review the articles um, and that's when we send them to our editors for a first round to look at them. Yeah, so once Chloe and Kyle have, you know, chosen the ones to be passed on to us, um, we kind of go through them and give our general thoughts and comments about a couple articles. I remember I read about four articles and um, read through them, thought if it was it would be a good addition to the journal or not, um, why, and then once we've all kind of given our general thoughts, we pass it back to Chloe and Cal. Yeah, so at that point, um, this year we had we had 10 like that we were really considering, mm-hmm. um, and so after the editors put in um, their thoughts and comments on them, then Cal and I read through all 10 of them, um, added our comments, Cal is the other other co-head editor, I should add. Um, We added all of our comments, and then we narrowed it down to five, the ones that we wanted to publish. And at that point, we connected each of our editors with with an author. Yeah. So I got to work with Joe Mella, because I edited, I guess, his anti-Haitian prejudice racism article. And um, in that process, it's kind of a more in-depth look at the articles where we kind of read it and really think about it and um, give our more like in-depth feedback to the author working one-on-one it could be about structure or you know just very specific things to the article so this sounds like it's a lot of work it can be I mean, yeah, yeah we have a we I mean we have a lot of people working on it so yeah. um, the work is well distributed but it takes about um, a year to get the whole thing done and to publish. So this is a pretty time-consuming thing, I would say. What's the interest for you guys to be a part of this? Maybe Anna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, um, well, I also say Latin American studies, and I'm really interested in the topic. And um, I love writing, and I love reading stuff. So. Maybe one day I want to work in journalism or writing of some sort. So I, I really do enjoy the process of it. And it's really interesting for me to learn how to be an editor and go through the whole po- process of publishing a piece of work. So Yeah, yeah um, I got involved because I also am in Latin American studies. So I was just really interested in reading, um, reading undergraduate pieces on tons of different issues pertaining to Latin America and uh, like Anna said I'm also interested in the whole editing process and uh, I just found it really interesting to see how a journal goes from like the early stages to actually being published and it's been a really interesting experience. Was there, because Anna already already talked about the article she worked on, was Mm -hmm. there a specific article that kind of caught your attention out of the, that she published just Um, last week? Yeah, so there was one that I found really, really fascinating, which was, um, it was case studies, uh, I mentioned it earlier, the case studies of um, Indigenous consultation in regards to extractivist projects in the Peruvian Amazon. Um, it was really interesting, and it was really in-depth. Um, not the kind of article that I've ever written, because it had a lot of, uh, I mean, in terms of case studies, it had a lot to do with legal issues. Um, surrounding that, so 
that was something that I really enjoyed reading, yeah. And on a more personal note, I guess, what brought you guys into Latin American studies? Um, so for me, uh, I was born in Colombia, but I grew up in Canada. And I've kind of always been like in a limbo of, am I Colombian, am I Canadian? Um, and when I got to university, I was actually studying life sciences with the dream of being a doctor. Um, that didn't work out too much, too well. Uh, biology is not for me. So I was looking to other programs, and I saw the Latin American Studies program, and I was like, whoa, this is really interesting. And so I, at first I was kind of like, oh, it would be cool to learn about my culture or whatever. Um, but then I realized it's really important to kind of study the region I'm from for myself. And it, it's actually opened a lot of doors for me, and I've met some of the best people in my life because of the program. Um, and yeah, I hope to go further with Latin American Studies because I think it's an area of academia that's not too explored, but really important, especially right now in the world. Right. Yeah. And I guess that could kind of tie in into the general idea of this journal, right? That is yeah. to kind of bring all of these issues that tend to be, you know, on the fine print of your news page yeah. to more of a forefront, right? Yeah. Are you doing a minor or a major in LAS? So I'm majoring in LAS as well with sociology because I like to work with people and I want to work with communities, hopefully Latin American communities in the future. So that's the goal, yeah. And how about you, Chloe? Um, I'm not from Latin America. My family's actually from Italy, so there's no like cultural link for me. But um, my other program that I'm in is international relations. And in IR, um, in first year, you have to take a language course. So I decided to take Spanish just because I was kind of frustrated with French from my high school experience. So I went with Spanish um, and I loved, loved it. And I find that when you learn a language, just you also learn a lot about the culture and the region that um, that language comes from. So learning Spanish just really piqued my interest in Latin America in general. And I decided to um, switch into the minor uh, and I love it because it's such a small program so you really get to know all of the profs and all of the other people in the program with you and I think it's just one of the best programs at U of T for sure. Did you switch to Latin American studies from another minor? I was originally in the international relations specialist okay. um, and now my I'm an IR major but my two minors are Spanish and Latin American studies. Okay that's really interesting so Chloe and I are actually doing um, pretty much the same degree we yeah. both have so major in IR minor in LAS and then minor in a language yeah so yours is Spanish and then I'm doing German okay um but yeah I really find that adding kind of a regional component to IR yeah. really helps focus your for interest sure. in IR so for the past two years most of my IR papers have been on Latin America yeah and it's just kind of a, it's a nice way to narrow down your interests, right? While still keeping IR there. Yeah, the IR program can also be very Eurocentric at U of T. We take a lot of courses on um, like British history, French history, stuff like that. Uh, and there's no actually, there's no requirement that you have to take courses on another region, which is shocking for yeah. international relations. So yeah, I kind of wanted to take it upon myself to add in like a regional component. Yeah, no, I completely understand, and that was the same thing for me. Initially, I was doing, so initially I was doing a major in IR and uh, another major in Ethics, Society, and Law, and then I just grew 
really frustrated with the his with the history courses that were offered to me, mm-hmm. right? In IR, um, not that they weren't interesting. It's just that by offering up a um, selection of history courses that only cover a certain area, you kind of make the link that that area is at the core of IR, exactly. which is a bit misleading, right? Yeah. So international, uh, so LAS kind of allows you to give you that alternative perspective on things. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So that's really, really interesting and um, to get to know you guys a bit more and get to know about the journal. So uh, where can people find this exactly? We have a Facebook page. Um, it's Kasich Skuna, uh, <laughs> the UT Journal of Latin American how Studies. Do you, how do you spell that? Okay. It's <laughs> K-A-W-S-A-X. K-U-N-A. Wow. Kaosak Skuna. Spelling B of L-A-S. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so if you search that on Facebook, I'm pretty sure we're the only result that comes up. Uh, We are also at kaosakskuna.com. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, and a question that might be of interest for a few of the listeners. Do you guys accept papers in Spanish or in Portuguese? Yes, both. English, Spanish, or Portuguese. Quechua? Sure. If we can find someone to edit it, we'll accept it. So you have a person on your editing team that speaks Portuguese and Spanish, and they edit. That's really awesome. Yeah. Anna is our Portuguese expert over here. Um, I mean, I I am in my second year of learning Portuguese, so if someone wants to send something in Portuguese, please do it. I'd love it if you you get to correct a a A native native Brazilian born. We also... I'd be like, help. <laughs> we have also all the resources of the LAS yeah, department. True. And there's professors who speak Spanish, Portuguese, and probably Quechua. So Yeah, I feel like a couple of us speak Spanish on the team. Yeah, most too, of us so. speak English and Spanish on the team. So And where do you guys see this journal going? What are what are your hopes for this journal in the near future? Or I guess distant future since it is a, a full year cycle. Yeah. Uh do you wanna start on this one? Um, okay. I would like to see the journal be not more recognized, but more people to be aware of it, because it'd be great if it could uh, gain some popularity um, in the university in general, but uh, and get some more submissions from everywhere, different right. universities, but yeah. Yeah, um, because the LAS program is so small, uh, well, it's awesome that everyone yeah. in LAS is really excited about the journal. I'd love to see it kind of break out of just being an LAS thing, and see it um, kind of um, breaking into more like political science, IR, and having students in those disciplines get really excited about it as well. All right. Well, hopefully it gets to that. Hopefully this podcast (laughs) helps to advance that goal a little bit. Um, Although, don't put too much pressure on me, please. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us um, and for for bearing with me. Our listeners don't know this, but uh, this is actually our third time recording because of my my uh, technical difficulties um so yeah so thank you so much for bearing with me and and, and coming here today um to give us a little insight into this amazing project yeah thanks for having us (laughs) if you're interested in getting involved with cossack skuna then you're in luck because they're currently recruiting associate editors and layout editors You can find more information and the application form on their Facebook page at facebook.com slash kasakskuna. That's K-A-W-S-A-X-K-U-N-A. 
They will be accepting applications until midnight on November 21st. Also, we will be holding a launch party to celebrate Kazakh's Kuna's first print journal. This will be happening sometimes next semester, so make sure to check the LAS's Facebook page to get those updates. And of course, if you would like to participate in one of these podcasts or you have an idea on what our next topic could be, please make sure to reach out to us um, through Berenice at las.coord at utoronto.ca or you can reach me personally um, if, you, if you have if you have those deeds. Um, thank you so much for listening. Our music was created by Juan José Lauren and Álvaro de Minaya. And we will see you in two weeks.